Hi, I'm Clement Liu. Welcome again to Just Sustainability, curious conversations about sustainability, equity, and social justice. previous episode, ended with Sean Schaffner and I chatting about the concept of defecatory justice and about the queerness of talking about poop. This episode picks up where we left off with Sean telling me about the origins of his one-person show, The Poop Project, and how those origins paralleled with his coming out process, queerness more generally, and being more skillful in regards to having the difficult conversations required to take care of ourselves, the world, and one another. The other sort of genesis story of The Poop Project is that I was on tour for a Nickelodeon show called The Backyardigans, um, playing Pablo the Penguin in cities across the country for nine months. And our first out of town rehearsal, we'd like been rehearsing in New York. And now we're, um, gonna like, we're on, we're on the road basically, but we're the first city you travel to, you stay for, you know, a week and a half, some, something like that. So you can work out any kinks in the show, finish the costumes. Everyone's madly working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're all hanging out in the dressing room, the other performers and I, and I, and I, you know, have a rumbling in my belly. That's like, I have to poo. And I, I see that the bathroom is like on the other side of this door. And I say something to these people that we're hanging out with to the effect, like in, in just, Hey, just so you know, I have to poop. Like in just a second, I am going to be going behind that door and doing that. And I want you to know, because I don't know how thick those walls are. You might hear something. It might smell afterwards, but like, that's reality. And when I have to poo, I'm going to poo. And I want to invite everybody to do that. This is a poop positive space. And if you, you know, because it's, uh, it's important that, um, that my inner child, I didn't say, but like, and that all of you, um, feel comfortable to, to do that in, in tight spaces. So I'm starting off and people were like, wow, you know, thank you. That's, that's so helpful. And, and that's really when I realized like, oh, I could take this thing that, that I've grown past, but also that like, that could have the potential to disempower me. And I can just name it and say, like, if I don't say this out loud, I'm going to, I'm going to be as scared to poop in front of y'all for the next nine months. So I'm going to say it now. And, um, and it's the same feeling I had when coming out to the first, you know, couple of friends of like, I've got this thing and I'm, I'm so scared of what you're going to say. And, and of course they're like, we love you. And (laughs) we already knew that, you know, most likely. And, um, or like, I'm so happy for you or whatever it was. It's, we take that thing and we, we disempower it. So I think like queer folk have, we've just had those conversations with us and we're grossed out by less also. Like I think sometimes we're kinkier, um, butts are more, are more of a routine thing to be involved with in the, the bedroom. And so like, if you're going to be doing sexy stuff around the butt, you want to feel confident. You want to be able to communicate with your partner about like, this isn't a good time or like, yes, please. Or like, excuse, I hold on just a second. Let me run to the bathroom or like, Hey babe, like this has been, this is really hot right now. And I think like, let's take a break and just like take a hop in the shower, you know? Um, and, and I would say those, that kind of languaging has been uh, a joy to learn through this process and to, um, yeah, because I think it's, but, but it's for everybody because we're also going to have those moments of like, I'm really sick right now and I need somebody to help me or like my, my mom is really sick and, and she's asking me to, to help her and, mm-hmm. um, or she's just older, you know? And like, I have seen my dad on the phone, you know, when his parents were still alive, like at the Costco, like 
which size depends, you know, like we, we have to be able to have these conversations because this is the real body, whether regardless of what you're doing with it. <laughs> Talking about having difficult conversations led me to ask Sean about the strategies that he uses to approach difficult topics. And that led us to chatting about various strategies such as the shit sandwich, punch pull and respectful conversation. Here's that discussion. That actually leads me to a question. Um, so it seems like a lot of what you talk about is sort of skillfulness about having those difficult conversations, the conversations about the, the topics that make us uncomfortable, both in sort of, right, the domain of sustainability when it comes to poop and the yeah. domain of, uh, of like equity when it comes to, or folks that we see as other than ourselves that we're less comfortable with, or even things about ourselves that we're less comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, and having those sorts of conversations. Um, so how do you approach that? So what are some of the strategies you use? Cause you, you are very good at, at having those conversations, right? And, and it sounds like you had a growing process, right? It, sound, it went from being, having a very hard time with it to being very good at it. Well, how, how, <laughs> what are some of the strategies you used? I wonder what my boyfriend would say. Um, <laughs> this conversation. Cause I think I also have a lot of passive aggressive tendencies and I really have like, so, so thank you. I'm going to take, I'm going to try to take that compliment. <laughs> um, but. But say that also it's, it's a lot easier when someone's giving you the floor or the stage and saying, you know, talk to us. Or when, you know, when I was at University of, of Minnesota Morris, I, I gave a talk for the, the climate march that was, or and climate strike that was happening there. And, and I think in sustainability, like it, I do feel like it's part of my job to, to try and celebrate the things that are going well and draw people's attention to the positive impacts we can have because we really need that in order to feel like we can make a difference because we still can make a difference. And it's really important that we face some ugly truths about the way we live and how, how uncool that is, how mm -hmm. like to really get explete, explate, expletive about it. Like <laughs> explicit, it's, it's explicit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm such a good communicator. I'm a good communicator. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, no, it reminds me of the David Sedaris book, right? Like um, you talk pretty one day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My style. Um, you know, that we have to be able to confront some really hard truths and, 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 oh, to get explicit about it, to be like, yeah, a lot of what we're doing right now is fucked up. And, and, and I would say in this case, like, it's important to get explicit because, you know, it's like the Guardian, I think the paper in the UK, um, I'm not sure that it's them, but, but I just saw this about a, a news outlet recently saying, we're not going to use climate change anymore. We are, we are now sticking to one of three terms, climate emergency, climate chaos, or something else. And I think that language shift is important. You know, again, in, in this infinite frication, we've hidden it away. And it's way too easy to think trash can and not think landfill. And even landfill is a story that, you know, that we've sort of told ourselves that sounds like, oh, yeah, of course that exists. But like, we, we, and yes, this is, there have always been pits where people threw their trash. They were called toilets in the past <laughs> and they were full of things that were mostly compostable. Right. Um, you know, we haven't had the ability to, to make plastic that doesn't disappear or to, to insanely throw away our organics and not reintegrate them into the system. So like we need to get woken up. We need that water splashed on our face in the way that it's both a little jarring and then it feels mm -hmm. really good. We're like, wow, thank goodness someone splashed that on my face. I was asleep and I was doing harm and I can wake up and do better. Um, and, and love myself better, love the world better, love my neighbor better because we're not gonna like, we, we can still do a lot, but the truth is whether climate chaos occurs or an asteroid hits us in 
you know, 30 years, like mm-hmm. suffering is going to happen. We're going to get old. We're going to get sick. We're going to get lonely. We're going to need help. We all need that from each mm-hmm. other. And so how do we show up for one another? Um, all the time. And so I'll bring that back to your question and say that, um, one of the things I do is I, um, is that, that sometimes it's called a shit sandwich. Um, okay. another version of is the punch pull. Uh, the shit sandwich I learned from a blogger whose name I cannot remember, but he's brilliant. Um, so please Google shit sandwich. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, you have it, you have to eat shit sandwich, but you can also get it with like tempeh bacon, you know, and lettuce and tomato. And like really fluffy bread, right? Mm-hmm. The center of it might still be shit, but, but you can say, you can put all this other stuff around it, whether that's jokes, whether that's like, listen, baby, you know, I love you. You know, I love kissing you. This here's a, per, this is a personal one. Okay. Like, um, I, I love you. And I, and I love when you come home and like, and I just have to be super honest when you're all sweaty and gross from your bike ride, which I love you ride your bike. That is like, you're my hero for doing that, but I don't want to kiss you. And I would just like, would, how would you feel about taking a quick shower or even like rinsing your face off and changing your clothes? It's hard. It's like hard for me to embrace you while you're all wet and kiss you while you're, while you're sticky. Now this is, would be a very, but, but I want to go back, but like, but that is my goal is to kiss you and love you and hug you. And so would, would you be okay to do that? That's a nice shit sandwich. Um, but, but the pun and the punch poll is more a social justice framing that I've learned around. Like when you're doing anti-bias work and someone has a biased thing that they say, like, you don't, you don't say thank you for that. You're like, no punch. Um, like that is not true. That is not okay. That is threatening to all these people. Um, but thank you so much for showing up and, and thank you for your bravery in saying that. And like, um, let's please continue. You know, if you have questions about this, I want to continue those later. Like we pull them in because if people, it's the same thing, like punch, by the way, the climate is in chaos, pull, there's a lot you can do mm-hmm. and, and we can love ourselves and, and loving our climate, taking the choices that it, that bring us into a more sustainable future also feel really good. Don't you want to feel good? You know? Um, so, so that's the put the punch and pull going back to the sweaty example. Um, I think it's important to remember that the thing you have to like root your intention in the positive outcome you want, which isn't always the solution that's best for you. That could be like a positive outcome is that we both really listen to each other and feel valued. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to, to stay rooted to that, to make it explicit if you need to, you know, like the, the reason I'm, Hey, Hey friend, colleague, um, mom, the reason I want to have this conversation is because I desire a closer relationship with you. And this, and then just be honest and like, and kind, be honest and kind mm-hmm. and don't speak too quickly if you can help it, <laughs> which obviously <laughs> is not my strongest suit. Um, but like be thoughtful about your words. And, and in those circumstances, I'd hope that I am. But for me, sometimes I just to say like, I'm not perfect at this. And, and in that same sweaty example, the way that that conversation happened the first <clears> time, was that my boyfriend came home and, and he came in and I was like, ugh, that was my feeling. And then, <laughs> and then he went to kiss me and I was like, mm. and then I kind of, and I was like, Ooh, you're all wet. Um, don't you, don't you want to take a shower? And he's like, no, I'm really hungry. I want to dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, mm, you taste salty. Mm. And he was like, <laughs> okay. Um, well, listen, like what, what are we doing now? And, 
you know, and then later in the day, and I just like, had to let it go. Later in the night, I think I finally was like, um, I have to tell you something and I'm sorry if this is bad, but like, I, when you come home, et cetera. And then yeah. he's like, is that what you meant when you said salty earlier today? And it was so <laughs> helpful for me because I was like, you mean that wasn't clear? <laughs> like, cause the version I heard in my story is in my head, right? Was like, and this is a useful phrase, um, yeah. that I learned from a, I don't remember, maybe like a social worker once is a, or, or a, no, it was a mindfulness teacher and I can't remember who it is. I'm terrible at this. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the story I, I'm, I'm telling. Bad at that too. Yes. Thank you. No, it's, it's, there's a lot stored in here. Um, and there's a lot that's, that's fallen through the, the cracks. Um, but the phrase, the story I tell myself is right. So like when I, when, and this can be really helpful because it's saying this isn't the truth, right? But like, Hey roommate, listen, um, I'm, I'm so happy we have such a great relationship. Um, and there's something I wanted to bring up when you, when the dishes are left in the sink, it's, it's always best if you can take the you out of it because that use can be blamey. Um, when the dishes are left in the sink overnight, the story I tell myself, or in this case, maybe you do need the you because it's about the other person's actions, but nonetheless, the story I tell myself is that you don't, or is, is that we're going to get rodents and that you're not concerned about that. Um, is that true? And then, you know, that person has the freedom to be like, well, I am concerned about rodents. And, um, and I do care and I'm just super busy, but now you're having a conversation of like, where uh, you're getting your, 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 um, your challenge heard and you're giving the other person opportunity again to like work. What's, what's the, what's the, the comfort solution here? Um, if we don't bring it up, we can't make that solution. So I don't know, you know, in a roommate situation, in any situation, it's also always worth asking like, what's on me? Before I say like, hey, do you mind if we turn the the air down? I can also be like, I'm going to take my sweater off, <laughs> um, you know, because I'm a little I'm a little warm, mm-hmm. and maybe not. Maybe other people are not warm. Like we certainly shouldn't assume that our experience is the experience of others. And if you're cold, this was an experience I had at um, a, a training called Respectful Confrontation by a guy named Joe Weston. This one I remember, and he's also fantastic. And it was like all about speaking your truth. And we're all sitting there in this yurt. It's like on a retreat and, um, and he's talking and someone raises their hand. This is like five or 10 minutes in. And I'm, and I'm busy thinking like, Oh, it's really chilly in here. I wish I brought a jacket. Like I'm having trouble focusing. And this guy raises his hand and he says, um, Joe, Joe, it's a little cold. Can we close the window? And Joe says, yes, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. It's been, I'm sure I've been going on for 10 minutes. And, and I'm sure because there's, you know, 20 of us in here that, you're not alone, right? There must be others in here who are also cold and all it takes. And like many of us are nodding and he's like, and all it takes is for someone to say, is this a, you know, is this possible? And like, uh, it is possible. Your comfort is available to you and no one should have to feel um, uncomfortable. So yes. So that's in some, in a, to, to summarize, my advice is, <laughs> you know, kindness and good intentions and towards solutions. Um, but also like sometimes you just have to blindly go, you just have to start and then try from there, you know? And, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, and it'll normally go okay because people want what's best for us. Joe wants the room to be warm. My boyfriend wants me to be able to kiss him. Like your roommate wants to live peacefully with you. Your mom wants to have a close relationship with you. So when we bring our stuff out there, it may get dirty for a while, right? Like that's putting the shit out there. But once we do that, we create the opportunity for it to transform. 
Our discussion about the strategies for more effective communication prompted Sean to tell me about the axioms of his worldview, the four noble poops. This is what I teach in the the show I I am um, did at University of Minnesota Morris, and I'm and continuing to do better and better is teaching the four noble poops inspired by the the Buddhist four noble truths. But it's it is essentially a plan for this that like acknowledging number one that shit happens that it didn't just arise from nowhere whether that again this is like the literal poop that every creature makes or um or the the stuff that's happening interpersonally between you and a a person you love or or don't even care for but it's an issue (laughs) or you know between in our society like climate change climate chaos uh like the me too movement like political corruption etc like number one shit happens don't be a bourgeois fecal denial person. That's the sociological term for pretending our poop isn't happening. Like, right. call it out. Say, there's the shit. Look, there's shit happening with kindness, with love. Number two, shit happens for a reason. Don't just point it out. Then become curious about it. Investigate it. Say, where did this shit come from? Why am I feeling this way? Is there something in me that I can work with? Is there something um, in someone else that's, that's you know, or, or not just work with, but like, is this a bias I have? Is this um, an expectation I have that's unfair? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also work with, you know, the, the other person is often there too, or, or the society. Why, why has the Me Too movement or the behavior that's created the Me Too movement, why was it allowed to go on? What's the problem of, of toxic masculinity, if that's the shit? Where did it come from? Um, the third noble poop, that shit transforms. We have to believe that we have to know it in our hearts because if we don't actually believe that things can get better that the that the the shit becomes the food then we don't a we're not seeing how things are interconnected and how our actions do matter but we're also we don't we don't have faith we don't have hope and so there's so whatever we do is not going to be rooted in in the intention of actually changing the situation and it it is kind of doomed to be ineffective um so uh, so we have to 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 use that to help us get past numbers one and two. Third is like a, a helping tool of, of hope onto the fourth noble poop that shit transforms when we accept it, deconstruct it and reintegrate it. You know, again, we say like, this is what it is. I accept it. I, I'm not fighting it. I, I see it as it is. And then we, um, we deconstruct it. We break it down to its pieces through our analysis and we uh, slough off the stuff that's not for us. Right. We say like these pieces are, or someone else's nourishment, and I don't need to take that on. But the pieces that are ours, we we work with, and we work with them to reintegrate them. You know, the solution to toxic masculinity is not to banish men; it's to it's to reintegrate men in our society, and and to bring out and manifest and um, culture the more loving, caring aspects of masculinity, and to to take down the the notches of you know pompousness and. Um, and to empower women, like blah, 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 right? There's all these ways in which like where with the, the constituent pieces have to stay part of the whole, um, and, and transform. Uh, so that's another sort of framework I'm, I'm happy to offer, uh, in terms of the way that we, that we might think about our, our stuff flowing through and becoming a thing that's beneficial. Mm-hmm. But, but again, we just, you have to start with being like, look, here's my, here's my shit. It's kind of smelly. It's kind of gross. And I feel awkward showing it to you, but like, it's real. And now what do we do? That brings us to the end of the conversation that I had with Sean Schaffner. Hope that you are, uh, like I was, surprised by how much one can learn through talking about poop. More specifically, I hope that thinking about poop has helped you think about justice and fairness, about acceptance of difficult truths, 
and about how such acceptance is the first step towards positive change. I also hope that you picked up a few tips about how to more effectively engage in difficult conversations. Join me next week when I'll introduce you to Stefania Fragosi, who is the Sustainability Analyst at Portland Community College and a member of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee of AISHI, which is the Association for the Advancement of Sustainability in Higher Education. Thank you for listening to Just Sustainability. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. Just Sustainability is recorded with the support of the Institute in the Environment at the University of Minnesota. In particular, I want to thank Peter Levin and Beth Mercer-Taylor for all their help with this show. All the music on Just Sustainability is composed and recorded by Clifton Nesseth, and all the artwork was created by Kristen Nesseth. Thank you again for listening.